I want to talk about structure again, but I'm going to add another dynamic to it. So I'm going to quickly glaze over what I've spoken about previously. And that's been in relation to pre-recording the episodes and uploading them scheduled Monday to Friday. I'd be very interested, I'm doing that about a week now, I'd be very interested to hear back from people as to have they enjoyed that? Do they like the idea that there's one ready for them there? Do they like the idea that they can miss two or three days and know that they're only going to miss two or three episodes? And do they like the idea that they can rest assured that there's not going to be a five-day gap and then one day when I upload 18 fucking solo episodes? Like, what's, what's it been like from the listener's point of view? I'm very, very much inclined to know how you're finding it. And I can be reached on 89 60 47 888. But anyway, getting back to structure. So, I've added a bit of structure to the podcast, insofar as that there are, I'm uploading a podcast today, Monday to Friday. That's given me plenty of headspace. It has me actually enjoying the podcast that little bit more, and I spoke about this in the mood episode. I'm going to try and inject a bit of a bit of levity into the podcast, a bit of, you know, whoop the the boys, a bit of fucking, I don't know, just elevate the mood slightly. And the conclusion that I came to in that episode was, in order for me to do that in an authentic way and not just artificially inject a bit of hup, 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 yum, the boys, because I don't want to do that. I don't want to go, oh, I'm not really in the mood to do a podcast today. Oh, okay, right, I'll tell myself a load of jokes and I'll watch a bit of comedy and I'll, I'll, I'll artificially elevate my mood. I don't want to do that. So... What came out of the wash in that episode was the best way for me to elevate the mood of the podcast is to elevate the mood of my life. And I'm going off on a bit of a tangent now, but I'm going to get one uh, little point across first. Past guest and friend of the show, Porrick Riley, said something to me before. He said that he was asking himself why in relation to everything that he was doing. And I, I think he meant like literally everything within, within reason. So he'd open the fridge and before he'd take out whatever he was going to eat, he'd say, why am I opening the fridge? Why am I, um, am I looking for something? And that obviously would then pose the question, am I being a greedy fuck? Do I need to eat? Have I not eaten in a certain period of time? Do I need the fucking calories? Am I energy deficient? And, you know, stick on the telly. And like, why am I watching this telly? Am I just bored? Am I just killing time? Am I just wasting my fucking life? You know, Heading out the door for a run, how far will I go? Well, what are you looking to get out of? Like, what if you keep asking the why, the why, the why, the why? There's great merit in that, I think. But I think there's an even better way of conceptualizing essentially the exact same thing. And it's instead of just saying why, it's the thing that I'm about to do, or the thing that I'm thinking about doing, whether it's planning a holiday, whether it's painting a wall in my garden, whether it's going for a run, doing the shopping, brushing your teeth, wiping your arse, whatever the fuck it is, it doesn't matter. But the question you pose to yourself is, is what I'm contemplating doing now in this moment serving my lifelong goals, basically? Now that's not phrased perfectly, but you get the sentiment, hopefully. So last night I did it. And I was bored, it was about half ten at night, and I was like, oh, well, I just go to bed. But there was beers there, there was wine there, there was whiskey there, the bong was in the shed, you know. And I wanted to do all of those things, or at least one or two of them. 
But then I said to myself, like, that, that, that was a want. I wanted to do that in that moment. But I said to myself, and I didn't do this intentionally, the idea popped into my head, you know, would doing any of that, like, what, like, should I go to bed? Like, I had a half a dozen options in front of me. Go to bed. Stay up and watch telly. Stay up and watch telly and have a smoke or have a beer or have some toast or whatever. I had 101 different options in front of me. And I asked myself, I phrased the question to myself, what would best serve me long-term in fulfilling my goals? And just off the top of my head, some of my goals are blowing up the whole off the lead thing. I have another episode specifically in relation to doing that and thinking about running a second podcast parallel to off the lead. But I'll talk about that in another episode. So blowing up the whole off the lead thing, getting the business out of hibernation and back thriving, hopefully, and employing people and all that jazz. I've set myself the target of running 5K in less than 20 minutes, getting a dig out there for Mr. Bernard Smith. More, more about that to come in this episode. That's all part of structure as well. And I've a whole load of other different goals, things that I want to achieve. And I said to myself, what should I do now in this moment at half ten at night that best serves my future self, basically? And it was a no-brainer. I mean, I hadn't fully formulated the question and I knew the answer. Go to bed, dickhead! Do you know what I mean? Like, save on the calories, save on the alcohol, save on the fucking... Uh, you wouldn't get... I'm not, I wouldn't have been hungover the next morning because I wouldn't have drank enough or smoked enough to be hungover. But I wouldn't have been not hungover. You know, for, for every drink... Like, even if you have just a beer in the evening or two beers, a half a fucking beer, there's a... There's a you give yourself a tiny hangover. You might even, it might be so small that you, you mightn't even notice it, but you fucking give yourself it. You stress your body. And you stress your body with excess sugar from chocolate and biscuits and fucking all this processed shit. And the lack of sleep. And it's not, it, there's a double whammy with the lack of sleep. So if I had stayed up later last night, I would have been down on the double in relation to sleep. I wouldn't have got enough. And I'm down the benefit of getting as much as I need. So there's a, and that's not fully formulated either, but there is, there's, there's two sides of that. You get hit twice with, with a lack of sleep. But anyway, I digress, as always. Structure. Adding the bit of structure to the podcast has made me enjoy it all the more. I personally feel there's been more flow to the episodes. I've been put under less pressure, so I'm enjoying it generally that bit more, and it's been great. And I was only doing it a week, and I think I've, I might have seen a new trajectory for the whole thing. But again, I'll talk about that in another episode. So I've already spoken about the structure in relation to the podcast and how good it's been. The other end of things is the training with uh, Bernard Smith. So I've been training in one form or another my entire life. More recently, that's been limited to just running for the most part because... I've had small kids in the last number of years, so it kind of knocks off any real kind of commitment to anything other than, you know, raising your kids and getting your fucking kids' lives out of the ground. So the only training that I've been doing really has been running. And it hasn't been training as such. I've just gotten into running and I go running and it's to keep the weight off and it's to keep the mind right and all the rest of it. And that's been great. But there's been no structure to it. So I've been doing loads of it. Very similar to the solo episodes. I've been doing loads of them and it's been great and it's been very beneficial, but it's lacked structure. So I've committed to um, 
doing some personal training with past guests in front of the show, Bernard Smith, ultimateconditioning.ie. Check it out. And he's put structure in place. Now, he sent me off this week's training plan the other day. And when I looked at it, I kind of went, oh, oh Jesus, like this is, this is a bit shit. This isn't what I fucking signed up for. Because it was all very structured, all very regimented, all very sensible, all very step-by-step, progressional. You know, you do this on one day, then you do the next on the other day, and at the end of the month, you'll be in a better place than where you started off. And none of it appealed to me. It was just like, oh, fuck's sake. Just, this just looks like fucking homework. Like, I, I wasn't looking at it going, oh, yeah, it'd be deadly to do that. And then, oh, I can't wait for Tuesday. Oh, and Wednesday's even better. And I'm, I'm going to dumb this down massively. But today, I'm running shorter distances really fast with a bit of a rest. I have to do that five times, basically. I have to run a relatively short distance pretty much flat out. And then have a three-minute break, and I do that five times. That's today. So that's somewhat interesting. That's pushing myself. That, that suits my mentality. I read the first day and I was like, yeah, fucking yeah. Flat out for as long, as fast as I can for three minutes, three minute break. Do that five times. Yeah, fucking deadly. But Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday is basically go out and do 5K at your leisure. And it's just like, oh, really? That all? That is? There's no real challenge here. Now, what I've been doing myself personally before I committed to this training plan was way better. I was going out every day running 5k pretty much as fast as I could. So every day I had this challenge and I had this fucking faster, faster, faster. You're getting fitter, fitter, fitter. And the fucking tunes would be my ears and they'd be fucking full blast. And I look like a fucking lunatic, I'd say, storming up the fucking roads. And that was great and I enjoyed it. It wasn't easy and I didn't always enjoy it because when you're pushing that hard, it's fucking tough. Like. And when you do 30 days of that back-to-back 5K as fast as you can, you know, it, it fucking wears you down a little. But what Mr. Bernard is pointing out to me is that you run flat out, let's say, for the one day. Now, again, I'm dumbing this down massively for my own needs. His plan is a hell of a lot more detailed and a hell of a lot more specific than, than I'm alluding to. And I'm kind of purposely keeping it vague as well because I'm sure he wouldn't appreciate me divulging the ins and outs of his fucking paid-for training plan to the world for free, which is fucking fair enough. But the obvious upside to his approach is if I had been doing what I'm going to be doing for the next month... If I'd been doing that program the previous month, I'd be fucking faster now than I am. So what I was doing was, I was working too hard, basically. I was putting in far too much effort. If I'd pulled back on the effort and upped, if I'd reduced the effort and upped the structure, there would have been a net benefit. I'd be getting faster, because that's the goal. If I wanted to be able to up my endurance, I'd have a different training plan, I'd have a different goal and, and things would be different. But the the sentiment would be the same. I might be if I wanted to run a hundred kilometers, say, he'd be giving me a training plan that would increase my endurance as opposed to my speed. 
So I might be going any faster, but I'd be getting closer to attaining my goal of running 100 kilometers, as opposed to my current goal, which is running 5K in under 20 minutes. So there's obviously methods to what he's doing. Now, there's a crossover between the structure of the podcast and the structure of the running. And that crossover is, I fucking didn't need to be told by Bernard or anybody else that I needed structure in the podcast and that I needed structure in the training. I fucking knew that. I would have advised somebody else. If I had seen somebody doing what I was doing, I would have been very quick to say, you're not going to make any progression doing that. You're just going to burn yourself out over time. You're going to lose interest. You're going to plateau. Because I knew this. I didn't need to be told by Bernard or fucking anybody else. Everyone told me from day dot in relation to the podcast, not from day dot, but everybody told me in relation to the podcast that I should, why don't you schedule them? Why don't you take the pressure off yourself? Why don't you try and enjoy it a little bit more? And I knew I should, but I didn't fucking want it. So I knew it, but I didn't get it. And that's the same for the training. I knew I should have had more structure. I knew I shouldn't have been pushing as hard every day. I knew it, but I didn't get it. And I'm only starting to get it now. And that's only because of the podcast, because I've added structure a week ago into the podcast and I'm reaping the benefits. And I'm only starting my actual training plan with Bernard today. So I haven't even gone for that fast run yet. I'm recording this and then I'm gonna do the run. But before I even start his training, I'm all the more excited about it because although it still strikes me as being a bit, oh, just go out here and do this and then take it easy for the rest of the week, that kind of bores me slightly. But it's sensible. And sensible is never exciting, really. Like the more, like, oh, wait, I tell you about this friend of mine. Oh my God, he's so sensible. Like it just, like what? There's no, there's no excitement in, in sensible. But to me at least, there's excitement in blowing up off the lead and there's excitement in running 20k in or sorry running 5k in less than 20 minutes they're exciting to me but the what it will take to get to that exciting place is sense is sensibleness or sensibility which in its which in and of itself is more boring than exciting but you can't have a boat race you can't have nothing but excitement all the time and not expect to burn out. And you can't expect to slowly and surely and structurally and methodically train with a specific goal in mind and not expect to get better if you actually do what it is that you're supposed to fucking do. So it's been a big eye-opener for me just to see it in real-life current form unfolding in front of me the difference between having known something and getting it and in relation to my conversation with past guests in front of the show christy mcquillan and the housing crisis and all that jazz what it has me thinking is the people in power the politicians that, that run this country and make all the decisions they know that we need more social housing they know that up-and-coming people not only can't afford to buy houses now but have no future in ever being able to afford a house. And they know that they're stuck in a, in a renting loop, a, a renting dead end, a renting fucking lap. It's going around in circles, renting all the time. Paying more and more and more for rent, having less and less and less money to just you know survive or live, never mind try and get a fucking deposit together to start your mortgage. They know all that, but they don't 
get it. And the reason that they don't get it is my understanding is that the majority of people in government have second homes that they rent out to people. So when you're in the business of profiting off people renting houses, it's not in your interest to have them buying their own house because if they're buying their own house, they're not renting yours. So they know it, but they don't get it. And that's the problem, I think, with like hierarchical structures that are top down. When the people up on high are making the decisions for the majority of people at the bottom, there's a corruption there. There is these days, I think. I don't think there always was. I don't think this is an inherent flaw with democracy itself. I think it's an, an inherent flaw with, with politics or maybe modern politics. Because a politician's first job, as far as I see it, is to get elected. Their second job and then their only job thereafter is to stay in power. Being a good, moral, decent human being who has the needs of his fellow brothers and sisters at the fore of his mind and in the fucking centre of his heart won't get anywhere. Your MO needs to be, I need to do what needs to be done to get elected. Because if I'm not elected, I can't even start. And once elected... If I don't stay elected, I'm not, going to be around long, I'm not going to be around long enough to instill any kind of a change or to have any kind of impact on anything. And there's another crossover here. There's another analogy that I'm going to evoke. And again, bringing it back to my own lived experience and, and the podcast. I've spoken before about how if I want to increase the numbers of people listening to me, I could just pay Facebook to promote the podcast or I could pay Acast or Spotify or iTunes to just push my my podcast in front of more people's recommended podcasts and that would up the listenership. And I've spoken about this idea that how many hits or downloads or views or likes or shares or comments or engagement or whatever it is that's not an indicator of how good something is. So if you put up a YouTube video and it gets 50 million fucking views, that's less a sign that it's a good video and that you're a good video producer and that you're a good uploader to YouTube. It's less a sign of that and more a sign that you know how to get people to engage with what it is that you're putting up. And there's, a, there's an analogy there with politicians. They don't need to be good at producing content. They need to be good as being seen to be doing good. And there's a huge fucking distinction there. And I think originally, like closer to the foundation of our state, you know, circa 100 years ago or so, there was no social media, obviously. There was no internet. There was only really word of mouth. And how people got elected back then wasn't by seeming to do the right thing because you can't seem to do the right thing in a genuine, authentic environment. You can't bullshit people that are standing right in front of you. You can bullshit masses of people with an online campaign. But you can't bullshit people in a room. The same way, at least. So closer to the foundation of our state, in order to get elected... There was no being good 
at getting elected. There was just being good. There was being genuine. And that's what lasted over time. Now, there was a bit of it. I'm sure at the time there was people who are more than well capable of standing up in the back of a lorry and addressing a big fucking audience and bullshitting them, basically. But another thing that I've spoken about before is branding. So, originally, a company's brand was just a reputation. It was just how they've conducted themselves over time. That's, that was their brand. That's what they were known as. They were known for how they acted, and that was their brand. But these days, a company rings up a marketing company or a PR company and goes, look, I need a new brand because my reputation is catching up with me. People are starting to realise that I'm just a prick or that my company makes shitty products or rips people off or whatever it is. And you pay them a ball of money to rebrand you, to literally rebrand you. They're called branding companies. They literally give you branding and marketing strategies. And that's just pure fakeness. And in that context, you can just replace businesses with parties. Political parties have, have brands, but they're not brands that they've earned. They're brands that they've bought. And by way of kind of closing all of this out, the biggest advantage that adding a little bit of structure to my life has given me is a bit of headspace. I can see the wood from the trees. I can kind of calm down a little. And it gives me not days off, but days that I'm not under as much pressure as I usually would be. And it's just, it's taken, it's taken a bit of the intensity out of my life, but in a good way. There was, there was kind of, I like intensity, but there was, there can be an excess of intensity. So it's, I pull back a little bit from the intensity, I'm relaxed down, I can slow my thinking process down, I'm not as overwhelmed. And I can actually think a lot more clearly for the first time in a long time. And the training has helped with that as well, because now I have an actual goal, now I have a structure in place. And although I mightn't like particularly the training plan that's set out for me in this week, I'm sure as shit going to fill it out and to the letter. Because I know slow and steady wins the race. I know that the more methodical approaches where the, the gains are made. And the more, the more organised I can make my life in general, the more clearly I'll be able to think and the better decisions that I'll be able to make. And there's a, there's a spiralingness to this. There's a, there's a positive feedback loop. Like I'm already the better today for having gone to bed that little bit earlier last night. I'm the better for having a, a longer period of sleep. And I'm not the worse off for having a shorter period of sleep, if that makes sense. I know that's kind of two, way, two, way, two ways of framing the same thing. But there's a compoundingness to it. I'm all the better now because A, I got a good night's sleep and B, I'm not groggy from not having enough sleep. So there's, there's a doubling of the same thing there in a, in a weird kind of sense. And the thing again about the, the training schedule and the podcast schedule is that it, it illuminates my trajectory a little because I was quite happy with my trajectory in life. I, I kind of knew, knew where I was going, but it was a vague, there was a vagueness. I could see the road in front of me, but it was as though there was fog on the road. So I had my trajectory set out for me. I just couldn't see down it as far as I would have liked. And the bit of structure has lifted that little bit of fog and I can just see further down and I'm kind of going, yeah, by the end of the month, 
I'll be able to run 5k in 22 minutes as opposed to 24 minutes and then the following month now it's getting a bit hazy because you're looking at f the further away you look the hazier it gets but you can see how if you can run 20 if you can run 5k in 22 minutes this month maybe next month it's 21 and maybe the following month it's 20 and fucking hey presso there's your goal met and there is fucking i can't underestimate the value of having an attainable goal like that that's within reach now don't get me wrong it's it's an attainable goal on one hand it's it's certainly achievable but it's not easy like i could have set myself the challenge of running I know, 10K in 50 minutes. But, you know, if I just went out and really tried hard, I'd probably do that today. It, it has to be out of reach. The thing, that you have, the thing that you want to strive for has to be out of reach. But it can't be so fucking out of reach that you're never going to get there. That's a shitty trajectory. That's, you're just, you're auger yourself into the ground instead of spiraling yourself upwards. It's a negative, positive feedback loop. So loving the bit of structure, it's given me a little bit of clarity. It's let me see further down my trajectory. And that, that's a good thing. It could have been, not a, it was always going to be a good thing, but it could have been a bad thing. I could have seen further down my trajectory and I could have went, oh Jesus, I actually don't like the look of fucking down there. But your trajectory is something that you should be constantly realigning, I suppose. Because if for no other reason your life would throw up different obstacles you'll fucking you know your kid mightn't be well or your missus might be well or you mightn't be well or there might be just a load of fucking stress in your fucking life and you might have to pull back or fucking go forward or you might see a bit of an opportunity a bit of a window to fucking do something else so you should always be tweaking your trajectory but it's very hard to tweak your trajectory when you can't see far down the road the further down the road that you can see the better it chance you have of hitting whatever target it is that you set in front of you and for me at least the structure has helped disperse some of the fog on the road and on that note i'll chat to you soon